Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, we're talking about the many items that could prevent a development project from being realized. Some of them will be obvious, and others simply defy rational explanation. Think of today's show as a five-minute masterclass on land development. Whenever you're contemplating a development project, there's dozens of constraints that are being placed on the development of a property. The city will say no to a project for reasons that are surprising, and I've seen projects denied for lots of reasons. On today's show, we're going to look at the top 10 reasons why projects are denied. Here we go. Number one, zoning. Zoning is all about land use. We're talking primary use and secondary uses. The city decides in its official plan where they want to locate certain types of development. Generally speaking, you want to co-locate similar types of land use. You want your industrial lands clustered together, your commercial retail group together. If your proposed project doesn't fit with the plan, it's probably going to be denied. Number two, density. The infrastructure of the city is designed to accommodate certain density in a given area. Density relates to numbers of people in a given area as well as land coverage. High-density urban properties are built often right to the lot line. The land coverage can in many cases reach 100%. I think of dense high-rise environments like New York City or Toronto. The city plans certain areas to have high density. It all fits their plan for roads and schools and public transit. Some areas will set limits on land coverage. Maybe 60% of the land can be covered by buildings, or 50% or 30%. This is the second form of density. Density is really a subset of zoning, and the items that follow are largely related to density in one form or another. Number three, traffic impact. Many times you'll be asked to perform a traffic impact study for your new proposed project. The impact of your new development on the existing traffic patterns in the area is something the municipality will take into account. They may determine that a particular intersection is already a capacity. Adding more density to the area will cause daily misery for local residents with excessive wait times. If the road you're fronting on is a major arterial, the city will be concerned with maintaining traffic flow and with traffic safety. They may not allow you access to the road or, or they will limit your access so as not to impede traffic flow. They may require you to make a turning lane so that people entering the neighborhood don't slow the flow of traffic. All of these costs for the upgrades will need to be paid for by the development. Number four, utility capacity. Cities develop plans for utilities based on density. And if your concept for that new apartment complex meets the zoning requirements, but the city doesn't have the capacity for another 200 toilets and showers and washing machines, it doesn't matter. It could take years before the city digs up the streets installs larger diameter pipes to carry the additional load of higher density. They may need to increase the water capacity or bring in high voltage transmission lines to bring electricity to the property. Each property is given a budget for the amount of infrastructure they consume, and if there's not sufficient allocation, you simply won't get permission to build your project. Number five, neighborhood opposition. If your project could impact the neighbors, you might be asked to hold a neighborhood consultation. If enough of the neighbors object to your project, that might be enough to kill it. Politicians ask a couple of questions. Number one, how much increase in tax revenue will result from approval of the proposed project? And then secondly, how many votes could they lose if they say yes to the proposed project? Number six, drainage. If you take a parcel of raw land and start covering it with buildings and paved surfaces, you eliminate the ability for that land to absorb water. The water needs to go somewhere. And if constructing your project will result in flooding your neighbors, then your project's dead. You have to solve any drainage problems that the existence of your project creates as part of your proposal. In fact, there might be already drainage problems in the area, and in that case, 
you might be asked to solve more than your fair share of the drainage problems in the area. Number seven, lack of school capacity. If you're going to build that new subdivision with 200 houses, a percentage of those homes will have school-aged children. If the existing schools in the area are at capacity, then adding homes will only make the problem worse. Schools take longer to plan and build than individual houses, so you might experience a refusal for your project simply because the schools don't have the capacity. Number eight, neighborhood impact. Separate from your neighbor's opposition to the project, your project might create problems for your neighbors that they're simply unaware of. I'll give you a couple of examples. If your proposal is to build a tall building, your building might cast a shadow on residential properties nearby. Imagine if that sunny southern exposure window in a neighbor's house never saw the sun again because now there's a building in the way. In some cases, a building can alter the way the wind blows locally. A wind shadow can deposit a massive amount of snow on neighboring properties. That extra snow load could be enough to demolish your neighbor's house. You might be required to improve the structure of your neighbor's house or your project will be denied. Number nine, architectural guidelines. Sometimes a community has designated an area to maintain a certain architectural character. For example, there's a district in downtown San Diego called the Gas Lamp District. This area is famous for its old street lights that have a gas flame as their primary source of light. And the area also requires the buildings to maintain some of the art deco characteristics that were associated with the history of the area. Some areas come with architectural guidelines. For example, I know of one area that only allows homes to be painted in earth tones. No blues or yellows in that area. Some areas only allow pitched roofs. No ultra-modern flat roofs are allowed. Number 10, parking. This is probably the biggest constraint on development projects. Parking takes up a lot of land. In fact, it often takes up as much area as living space. In many cases, from a customer perspective, parking is essential, but it's rarely treated as a differentiator. Nobody chose a property because of its parking. They don't attach a huge amount of value. It's simply expected. When you add the drive surfaces to get to your parking spots, parking can consume more land than your buildings. So if your city requires a high parking ratio, the amount of parking you design will limit the density of your project and therefore govern the financial metrics of your project. These are just a sampling of reasons why projects are denied. When we undertake the design of a new subdivision or a planned use development, we have an extensive due diligence checklist that contains more than 30 specific deliverables. A tremendous amount of value can be created by doing planned use developments. Before you launch into that, you definitely want to engage the skills of an expert. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.